Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Some of the best high school basketball in the state is played right here in Southeast Wisconsin. It's time to hear from some of the best high school basketball coaches in the area. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. Now with former Marquette High and Concordia University coach David Cooks, here's 105.7 FM The Fans High School Insider. Big time, Mike McGivern. What's again? Welcome back in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores. Alongside my co-host, David Cooks, I'm Don Wachula sitting in for big time Mike McGivern today. And we jump right back to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Really pleased right now to be bringing in Ross Blunt from CSA Prep Star. Ross, how are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic. Thanks for taking some time here on this Saturday to join us. And I guess, first of all, without us going into it, why don't you take a moment and let everybody know what PrepStar is all about? Certainly. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys on behalf of myself and my partner, Mike Kubis, for giving us this great opportunity to be on the show. Quite simply, PrepStar Midwest and CSA PrepStar, we're the recruiting partner for the high school athlete who has the commitment, the academics, and the ability to compete at the collegiate level. We help the athlete navigate through a very tough recruiting process, and we're here to help them maximize their value and get them maximum exposure out to the collegiate marketplace, if you will. And and how does that go about, I guess, Ross, because in this in this day and age of, of social media and all of the technology, I'm quite sure that trying to refine that process can be can be and have its own challenges in and of itself. Uh, great question. There are so many prongs to this approach, both for the athlete and for us as a recruiting partner. First and foremost, kids need help. Uh, they need a partner to guide them, as I mentioned, through the process. They need an academic plan. They need to make sure they're on course. They need to know recruiting timelines, time frames. They need to know about the right camps. And parents need help, too. Critical in this process, and, and I'm uh, the father of a, a collegiate student-athlete myself, is no parent can get their kid recruited. Uh, no, collegiate, no college coach is going to take a call from a parent pushing for their kid so kids and parents need help, and we're here to help through that process. Ross, being the parent of a student like that who has the ability to play at the next level, did it did it give you a little bit of insight when working with some of your other clients because you're, you've been and are going down that path? Absolutely. We feel that as CSA, PrepStar, PrepStar Midwest, that we offer a very, very thorough and, and uh, wide approach to what we're doing. 
my partner, Mike, and myself, we bring to the table uh, high school coaching experience, both of us. Uh, my partner, Mike, was a coach on the uh, 1AA level, tight ends coach at North Dakota. Uh, he recruited in the Big Sky Conference, bringing kids from California to North Dakota. He has a wealth of knowledge in the process. Uh, my experience as, as a father of a kid that was getting recruited and quite frankly, I think underexposed, which is really the core, uh, the core thing that we're trying to do for kids is to eliminate that, get them exposed. It just gives us a ton of knowledge to bring to the table and talk to parents because there's so many things they don't know in this process. It's a very tough process and it requires a lot of work from, from parents, kids, and, and people like us. Hey Ross, it's uh, coach cooks here. Um, I've, I've got a lot, a lot of questions. <laughs> haven't haven't been on the other side and and done uh, and recruiting and all that. Um, how how do you handle in this day and age the sometimes unrealistic expectations of parents with regard to where they believe their son or daughter can play? How do you address that? Well, it it requires some brutal honesty, and that is a fantastic question because I think the first thing that that has to be out there, and and this may come off a little tough, but your kid's not as good as you think they are. And with that, everybody has to get on the same page from the get-go. One parent can be doing one thing, another can be doing another. They think they're doing the best thing for their kid, but at the end of the day, what are the expectations of the kid? And I have a real-life example that, that Mike and I have from last weekend. We were in a home, local kid, and uh, the parents needed some help. And they turned to us, and his family I've known for years, great kid, great family. And we sat down in their living room, and the first question we asked was to the student-athlete, what are your expectations? And he said, I want to be a mechanical engineer. I want that degree. I want the best academics I can get. I want to play at the next level. I don't care if it's one double A, division two, division three, and I want to maximize the money for my parents. And the parents' jaws hit the floor. They'd never heard that from their son. And from there, we got to work. And, you know, the the one thing that, that I will say to every parent that's listening today is, get out of the way, get out of the way of your kid, let your kid stand tall, uh, regardless of, of what they want to do. You got to get it out there. And once everybody's on the same page, we can all move forward uh, to direct our, our uh, initiative to get your kid the exposure that they need. Let, let, let's talk about the, the role of the high school coach, because you haven't talked a lot about that. We've talked about the parents, the players. Is there a place in this um, process for the high school coach to be involved, or is that uh, not necessarily vital? I believe there is a place for both the high school coach that doesn't necessarily think it's their responsibility to to get their uh, student-athletes recruited to the next level, and I think there's a place for the high school coach that does want the best because, you know, you have some coaches that believe, uh, and this is a majority of the coaches believe, that kids are their legacy and they want to help. And I think in some cases – they they can only do so much, and they can only get out so much. You have the same uh, – you're a coach. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times you get the same guys and gals coming to recruit to your school uh, from a certain radius. 
but maybe that major, maybe that that ability of that that athlete stretches beyond the you know the five hour drive, and and maybe that kid would be willing to go somewhere uh, to make their mark. And I think it's important that that we let high school coaches know that we can bring that to the table and parents as well, obviously. You talked about the importance of the proper amount of exposure for for uh, a player. Um, do you find at that a particular sport benefits more from your services than not? I.e., is basketball, volleyball, football? You know what what is it? Um, because you know basketball has so many AAU options and that type of stuff. That's that's what I'm most familiar with having coached there and and, and recruited there. Um, where do you where do you think you your need is most um, important or, or, or what well, you provide? Mike and, I, Mike and I have a background in football, and and that's our focus. And the we have the ability, and we have evaluators for every sport, and we have fantastic evaluators for every sport. So, if an athlete approaches us, uh, I want to start by saying we do not take everyone. And that's critical to know. You have to have the commitment. You have to have the ability. But back to to your question, you know, we really focus on uh, the fact that with football, for example, great question. You mentioned where do we want to focus? We're focusing on football because we have one opportunity for Division One scholarship within the state of Wisconsin. And a lot of people get fixated on that. A lot of kids have the dreams of playing for the Badgers. And then the other options are, of course, the, the state conference, which is fantastic at the D3. But there are options out there you know, within a few hours, within several hours, in the D2, the 1AA. And, again, those kids get underexposed in our, in our marketplace, in our state. And we hear it all the time. Oh, if this kid had got his film out, you know, how do we do that? And we have that, we have that platform to do that. We're talking with Ross Blunt from CSA Prep Star on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. So, Ross, if if I'm your client and you've come into my home now and we're going to start this process, and I and I realize it probably requires more detail than the couple of minutes that we have left to speak with you, but what is that process like when you walk in and sit down in my living room and we get this thing up and running? Well, what we do is we, first of all, we want to we want to evaluate you in the sense of we want to see your film. We want to see your highlights. We want to reach out to some local coaches that have maybe competed against you in the conference or in a tournament, whatever it may be. We really want to vet you and make sure that you're committed. Now, we would start, for the most part, we start with a telephone conference. And, again, kind of the brutal honesty is we'll ask a, an athlete, you know, what's your level of commitment on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, about your commitment to playing at the next level. And if they answer with an eight, we might end that conversation because you've got to be all in on this process because we're going to put you out in front of some coaches and, and it's our reputation on the line when we put that material out because we've got a, a deep pipeline of coaches that we have direct connections with in addition to those that are in our database that, you know, again, we have to send them quality athletes and um, and give them options and opportunities within the state, and obviously that helps out the student. But we we reach out, we kind of do that initial evaluation, we get the film, and then from there we sit down, and that's where we talk about the expectations, where we drill in on 
maybe what do you want to major in? What's your commitment? Is, do you want to do you want to focus on dollars for scholarship? Do you want to focus on playing at the highest level? Do you want to focus on that academic institution? And then we go from there. We see how far you want to stretch your wings as far as what regions of the country do you want to go to. And then we match you up with uh, the collegiate level in your sport and get your information out to those coaches. We're not going to send a D3 prospect to a, a Division One coach. We're going to, again, we're going to drill down as far as what division do we believe you can play at uh, at a competitive level. And we'll reach out to those, those schools and uh, those divisions to get your name out there. Hey, Ross, a final question for you from me. Um, in this day and age of scandal and bribes and all that crazy stuff that's going on out there, um, how are you position, positioning yourself and protecting yourself from, from some of that element? That's a great question. Uh, you know, first of all, we do not evaluate and we, uh, we do not send information out for crew. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> but, uh, and, and that, you know, that's the platform that we want to focus on. And I think a lot of that goes back to, I'll give one specific example. Our organization as a whole, nationwide, CSA Prep Star, will probably take, and I'll, I'll use football because it's the best example. We will probably take kids, maybe 2,500 kids nationwide. Now, that's overall divisions, Division One, one AA, 2, 3, and uh, NAIA and JUCO, and, and have them in our database. The example I bring up is there's 1.1 million kids playing high school football. There's 200,000 of those are seniors, and those seniors are competing for 16,000 opportunities at the freshman level on the collegiate, on the collegiate level. So if you think about that, 16,000 opportunities. We're taking 5,000 kids. Um, I, I challenge you to find somebody else that's not taking more than, well, more than 16,000 kids. Point being, we're partners. We're not a service. We are partners, and we're going to put it out there and, and put you out there and give you the best exposure possible. And it's our reputation that's on the line every day as well. We want those coaches when we call those coaches, because we do have the ability to reach out to specific coaches one-on-one, -on -one, and uh, they'll take our calls. And that's important because if, if they're taking our calls, that means we're giving them quality. And uh, we don't want – got to vet kids on the front end. we got to set those expectations. And I think that leads into the quality and the, uh, the ethics that we want to portray and that we need to portray in an industry that can be a little tarnished. Ross, we're pushed up against a break. Before we let you go, get your information out there in case somebody at home right now is interested in acquiring your service. Absolutely. Check us out at csaprepstar.com. The first person you're going to see pop up is a client from long ago. That would be Aaron Rogers. Follow us on Twitter at Prepstar Midwest. And if you want to get started, go to prepstar.com forward slash Midwest. Ross, appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. And, uh, Good luck with what you're doing because I'm sure there are a lot of families that appreciate the service that you're providing. Thank you, gentlemen. We really appreciate the opportunity today. All right. Have yourself a great rest of your weekend. That's Ross Blunt from CSA Prep Star joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As I said, we got to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Randy Casey, the head coach at MATC. He'll be slated to join us next. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Let's get welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Hopefully, Big Time has not driven the bus <laughs> off the road after hearing the bumper music. Saturday. Don Wachilla sitting in for Big Time, as we said, heading up to Madison, getting set to coach in the state tournament as Martin Luther will take on Wapan. Division three game slated to tip around 230. Right now, Division Five is underway as Sheboygan Lutheran leads Columbus Catholic twenty to sixteen. They but closed, we jumped. They closed the gap on that. They did. That and, was a uh, strong start by Sheboygan Lutheran, and they're going to make a game. I mean, there's always a reason why these teams get to the finals, and uh, they're starting to show their uh, their moxie a little bit right. right now. Let's jump right back to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline as we're pleased to bring in the head coach at MATC. It's Randy Casey. Randy, how are you? Good. How are you guys? We're doing Great. fantastic. First of all, congratulations on not only being coach of the year within your region, but it, it stems from the fact that you've had a really, really successful season. Yeah, um, definitely can't complain about that. These these guys have worked hard, and it definitely paid off. And with that, what has been the challenge, especially at the junior collegiate level, that is slightly different than maybe what we find at the Division One, Two, or Three levels within NCAA basketball. Well, it's definitely you. Pretty much have changeover every year. About the time you get these guys to to where you want them to be, running your stuff program wise and things like that, they're right out the door, and so you're starting over again. And, and I think Randy now is ready for Division One. If he's got this with the way one and duns are, he'll be his phone will be ringing shortly. Go ahead, Coach. absolutely. Hey, Randy, let's talk a little bit about uh, high school basketball here in southeastern Wisconsin and the role it has played in your success at MATC. Well, definitely. Um, you know, our our main guys this year are right from you know local from Washington High School um, with Shannon Sanford and Kel Martin there. They're two of our top guys that have definitely been our strength this year and consistency, so um, it's definitely helped our success for sure. And, Coach, what then has been the connection between your program and other universities in the area? Because, as you said, many of these guys are coming in and leaving after a year, maybe two years, depending mm-hmm. on on the individual, and then wanting to take their game obviously one more step and so then they're looking at either division three two one whatever the case may be how has it been building those bonds and relationships to other universities in the area um you know we've we've had success where we've sent guys on you know um locally and then nationally too you know at a lot of the NEI levels, um, NCAA Division two and three, so kind of all over the country. But uh, we've sent some guys local to Cardinal Stritch um, when they won the national tournament. Um, one of their big post players, Darren Moore, um, was a, was from our program. Um, he had went away to uh, Wayne State first down in Nebraska, NCAA Division two, and then um, came home and finished up at Cardinal Stritch to help them win their national title. So. Um, you know, it's it's kind of been across the board, just to all over places where we've been able to send our guys on to continue their education and basketball careers. Hey, Coach, can you talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of times we as coaches talk about the importance of building relationships uh, with our players, and your situation sounds a little bit different than that in terms of, uh, you know, the one-and-done type situations. What what's What's the challenge for you as a coach? <laughs> Uh, in, in that area of building relationships and 
and uh, following up with your players and what happens after they leave you? Right. It's it's been. I mean, you got to build that relationship fast. We've we've been pretty lucky that um, you know when we've gotten guys in our programs, they've they've been here for two years. Obviously, we get those those transfer ins that have you know one year left that have went away and and came back home and you know needed to get things figured out for one year. So you've had those one year guys that that move on after that, but. Uh, you know, you got to build that relationship quick. And, uh, you know, one thing we preach here is family and, you know, family sticks together whether they're here and, you know, when they're done, you know, that relationship doesn't stop. Um, I believe that's, that's been a big part of our program is, I mean, as we all know as coaches, I mean, our biggest sellers of our program are our players. And so, you know, players continuing to sell our program and, you know, when they go back to their schools and, you know, just talk about the situation they had here, that's, that's been help for our success. So coach, one of the, one of the nice things about doing this program is, is somewhat celebrating, uh, universities, schools, things of that nature who don't necessarily get a lot of publicity like MATC where you've got and are building this very successful program. So talk a little bit about the league and then also talk a bit about, if you would, how the postseason has played out for you this season. I mean, our, our league is really tough. This um, We went Division Two, NJCA Division Two, which allows us to give scholarships now. So this was the first year of us competing at the division two level and um you know it definitely um competition everything steps up from that and uh you know it was great to step in and have success right away and um you know we had a tough uh final to get to the national tournament we played south suburban out of illinois who's been a powerhouse in the division two level um for years they were spent a majority of weeks at the, you know, nationally number one ranking. Um, they dropped to number five. They have a couple, had a couple losses, dropped to number five. So when we played them in the championship to go to the national tournament, they were number five in the country. So um, it was it was a big win and a big success for us and our program moving forward. Those types of things are, David, as I'm, as I'm looking at you, we, we just – we don't get the opportunity to celebrate that and to bring enlightenment to the fact that here you've got a program like that over at MATC and now Brian and Stratton where we're giving young men and young women this opportunity to kind of transition themselves to the next level, whether it be Division Three, Two, or 1. Correct, correct. And um, sometimes I think people just forget about the two-year level of basketball in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I mean, in a state like Illinois, where I came from, you know, the two-year programs are, are pretty big down there. Um, and our region is pretty much based out of those schools in Illinois. Um, you know, us, Brian and Stratton, um, at the Division three level, Madison Area Technical College. I mean, we're the only schools in Wisconsin that go and compete in that area. And so, you know... Down there, you know, the two-year schools, it's it's an option for a lot bigger option for young men to and women to, you know, build some strength on the court, you know, in the classroom to, you know, continue to, 
you know, grow as a student athlete to, you know, hopefully get on to those bigger and better four-year institutions. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that the, the word stigma comes to mind sometimes <laughs> in, in this area when you talk about junior college. And, you know, it's almost as though people think that it's only for people who um, are struggling academically, they didn't get their ACT score, blah, 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 blah. But it sounds more like this is a real opportunity that has a multifaceted approach to it. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, correct. I mean, you know, there's there's so many different things and so many different types of players that we've in here, you know, had in here in our program over the years. You know, obviously those there's still always going to be those guys, you know, that need to work academically. But there's those late bloomers. There's those guys that you know just need an little extra work that were overlooked, you know, different things. I mean, we've had kids in our program with 27 ACTs. There's, I mean, we had a team GPA, you know, first semester of a 3.1 as a team. I mean, so it, it's just all across the board. And back in the day, that let's not be wrong, that was the stigma. When you talked about junior college, all it was ever talked about was, you know, their academic issues. But, you know, there's there's different facets to everything. And and, uh, you know, I just, it's just hard to try to sell that sometimes and get that old stigma out of people's heads. What, what, one of the things you mentioned was the importance of your players being your marketing agent. And yes, if you could, if, if there were two or three things that they would say or that you would want them to say about their experience or in your program, what would those things be? Um, I definitely think it would be family first, discipline and hard work um you know they're they're gonna tell you i'm i'm not always the nicest guy but at the end of the day they're they're gonna know that i'm gonna go to bat for them as long as they're doing the things right that we expect of them and that usually is the key when when kids and again we're referring to these young men as kids by no disrespect whatsoever but when they know you're going to go to bat for them as long as they understand that they'll put up with the tough love, so to speak. Absolutely, you they know, if, if they know if they know the coach is in their corner, they'll 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 run through the wall for a coach because they know they've got their back taken care of, so to speak. Coach, we got time for one more question here. You've got uh, a first round game at the national level coming up on Wednesday as you hopefully make your way into the quarterfinals. Talk about your opponent, if you would please, and and what you're expecting in that game coming up Wednesday at one. Um, we play in Silla College out of uh, Indiana. Um, from what I've seen, it's kind of, uh, you know, two very different styles. Um, you know, they're they're more of a slow-down type of team, it looks like, and, and we're a very big up-tempo, push the ball every single possession. Um, that's definitely been our strength um, is we just kind of wear people down. You know, it's just nonstop up and down the floor for us. So, It'll be interesting to see how those two different styles, you know, play out at the end of the game. Fair enough. Coach, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks for taking some time on your Saturday to uh, to join us here and uh, continued success over there at MATC. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's Randy Casey, the head coach at MATC, is they make a a push for the national championship at the junior college level. And, David, it goes again to what we were talking about earlier, the fact that right now basketball in this area is just red hot. And people need, whether whether or not, as you said, you're a huge basketball fan or you're just somebody who 
doesn't mind jumping on the bandwagon because it's maybe not your favorite sport, but appreciate what's taking place right now in southeastern Wisconsin because you won't find that level of excellence across the board across the, the way board. we're finding it right now. Marquette, Madison, MATC, UW Oshkosh, state tournament, WIAA. The level of play right now is is as good as it's been for a long time. It is. It's as good as it's been, and it's why we're so tired today because we've been watching so many games over the last few days. Let me guess what you're going to do this afternoon. I'm going to be watching dance, but that's for something uh, we'll talk about off the air. That's right. it. Well, the, the game is beautiful. Well, it is. The game is beautiful. It oh, is. That's not the dance you're talking about. No, no, but. Thank goodness for phones these days. That's all I'm going to say. we got to take a break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show Presented by your local pick-and-save stores alongside my co-host, David Cook. I'm Don Wachilla sitting in for big-time Mike McGivern as he gets slated, as we've talked about the entire show, to finish out his career, David, on a note that not many people in this world have the opportunity to do, and that's go out as, in this case, a state champion as their game slated for 2.30. And right now we're watching the Division Five game in here as Sheboygan Lutheran has extended their lead now to 40-29 to still in the first half. A lot of basketball to be played there because we saw Sheboygan Lutheran jump out early and then see the likes of Columbus Catholic you know, close the gap. Yep. So by no means is that one over with. But when we're looking at these young men, in this case now, playing at the state level, You've been in situations, Coach, where you've you've had to take kids to that next step. It's a bigger environment. The pressure gets to be a little bit more. Um, you want to play it off, I'm sure, as a coach to your kids like it's just any other game, but I'm quite sure they can see the writing on the wall, so to speak, and the pressure that begins to mount. How do you go about making sure these kids don't feel that pressure and then just go out and play their game to the best of their ability. Well, you know, we, we I was fortunate enough to make a run there in 2010 with a, a pretty good team, and one of the things that we stuck with was our routine. You know, I think that um, all teams and all players, uh, they, they love to know what's next, and they don't need to be surprised and have a lot of changes at this point in the season. And I think that – um, it really is just another game because you don't have another game. And that's what we would always say. The game that we were playing, whether it was regular season or not, that's the only game we have right now. And we, we talked to some state championship coaches earlier today, and they talked about that their their focus throughout the season was just be getting better that day in practice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, accomplishing something today that you didn't yesterday. And I think if you take that mindset – then it takes away from some of the the largeness of it. I think once you get into the arena and you, you know, the old fashioned Hoosiers thing, it's still 15 feet. The bucket is still the same height. The court's a little bit longer. But, but with that said, there is a difference because depending upon your school, the depth perception with the basket and the seating behind the basket can really play havoc on 
on your coordination and trying to hit things from the outside. So I have to believe there's a little bit of adjustment that takes place in getting used to all of those things because, as you know, with all the different divisions, these schools Mm -hmm. are coming at it from a different perspective and their gym sizes vary greatly. Clearly. I mean, it happens here in the city, whether you are – when you go over to West Dallas Central, for example, and you play in the field house. house. And so your perception's off and that type of stuff. But players are able to make adjustments uh, on the fly, so to speak, and and realize I think that the challenge is, and we talked about it earlier, is to know – you know, where is the three-point line on this court and which one is ours? And players just see a line and start jacking up threes, and they wonder why it's not going in. That's because you're about eight feet out too deep. Well, and that goes to what we were talking about off the air as I was watching Oshkosh last night play in the Final Four at the NCAA Division Three level. Playing there in Fort Wayne, they had the high school line, the college line, which was almost like highlighter yellow, and then they had the pro line because they have a G League team there in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. and you could see Oshkosh taking some really long threes that were even beyond the NBA, and until that adjustment took place, then all of a sudden the shot started falling. Right. Well, you know, the game the game will, will dictate to you what you need to do, and so that's what happens. Even in, even in these large venues, the, the issue is whether you can compete at that level and sustain that for the length of your game. And so that becomes the differentiating factor in these types of games because you're competing. You're not necessarily competing against the size of the arena or the crowd, but you're competing against that team that's right there. And if you can lock in on the team, um, and as coaches, I remember I, w- I rarely heard what was happening in the stands and all that kind of stuff because I was focused sure. in on the game and on my team. And I think players um, can pick up pick up that habit or learn that trait, you know, over time as well. So these games are huge. They are important. They are on a, on a big scale. But again, a lot of these players nowadays, they play AAU and they play all summer and they play in venues that are larger and in front of crowds so that it takes away a little bit of some of some of the, uh, the 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 bright lights, right, and the awe that could possibly take place when you walk onto a floor at the Cole Center. That's right. Let me ask you this because what I noticed also in today in talking with the head coaches at Beaver Dam and Lacrosse Aquinas, even MATC, whoever it was, the adjustments at halftime. Now you know for a fan, halftime is do your business, refresh for the third and fourth quarter or the second half, depending on what you're watching. As a coach, you're in there and you've got a a slotted amount of time to get whatever point you need to get across and then get your team back out to warm up a little bit before the second half begins. I saw like Aquinas come out all of a sudden and and go to that trap zone, which completely threw and helped them get themselves another state championship. That coaches will make these changes – and I'm just wondering, when you go in, what are you looking at like on the stat sheet, the notes you're taking both mentally and physically on, on a notepad, whatever the case may be, how do you break down halftime to make those adjustments? Because many a times that can be the deciding factor in, as we're talking about state championships, mm-hmm. in winning that state championship in a game like this. Well, I think, I think coaches take a look at what's been hurting them that first half. Um, things that maybe they're they're doing that they need to correct, or, and clearly more importantly, some of the things that the other team has been successful at doing. And so as a coach at halftime, you try to make adjustments to make the other teams, uh, make it more difficult for them to do the things that they are accustomed to doing. And so whether that's, uh, and you may, and you, the, the, the beauty about halftime is that 
um, you have things in your toolbox that you don't have to take out until after halftime. And that doesn't give the other team or the opponent a lot of time to react and respond to that. And if you can hit them early with something that they didn't expect and you can shut down their their scoring or their player that's been killing you, um, then all of a sudden they are in a panic mode because they didn't expect this coming. And the things that they – because, look, most coaches will try to continue to do the things that they were successful at in the first half. That makes sense. Right. You know, why change that? Sure. Okay. So it makes sense then that your opponent is going to try to stop you from doing that. Those are the adjustments you make. So it's almost that whatever that punch is you're throwing, you want to be the first one to get that other team rock back on their heels because obviously they're going in to make adjustments as well. So if you can get them out of their frame of mind, Mm -hmm. out of their game plan, that just then gives you the upper hand. The game is a game of mistakes. We talked about that earlier. And one of the things we would try to do is we try to make the fewest mistakes of the two teams on the court because there's going to be some. And if we can cause the the other team to increase the number of mistakes they make, it will give us a better opportunity to have more possessions and perhaps a chance to win that ballgame. I want to ask you something here before we get to a break because on the other side of the break, I want to go through the remaining championship games that are taking place today in Madison and kind of – back and forth, give our predictions on who we think might win it. But let's talk about Aunt Becky for a minute because Aunt Becky this week got got in trouble for spending a whole lot of money to get her kids into school. (laughs) And on the college show, shameless plug, tomorrow from noon to two, Mm -hmm. um, we've been looking at what was this investigation and Chuck Persons uh, yesterday pleaded guilty to take a lesser charge or a a lesser sentence Mm -hmm. in his involvement with Auburn and some of the other coaches and and things that have been happening. And what I'm finding, Coach, is that I don't think a lot of people are surprised anymore. They want to put this, they want to splash it right now on the headlines because it's a couple of actresses that people are aware of. But when I look at some of the other things that take place, it's being buried on page six. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. There, there you go, you right go. there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Give that man some water. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> Odd cue. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Yeah, you know, I think it's unfortunate that we live in a, in a day and time where we're no longer surprised by these things. Yeah. And uh, that there are things that have unfortunately been going on uh, that people knew about and have known about for a long time. And, you know, um, there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. And at some point, you know, the cover is pulled off of things. And, and you, hopefully we can move forward and people can learn from this. And, and just understand, you know, there's still a right way to do things and there's a wrong way. And, and when you do the wrong thing for the wrong reasons, uh, eventually uh, you kind of get caught. I, I was mildly um, humored by the reaction of the USC AD, you know, pleading in essence that, you know, knew nothing about it. Well, of course you didn't because we're talking about the rowing team. Uh, at Stanford, we're talking about the sailing team. I mean, the the method used to advance some of these kids into their collegiate careers, the sports that were used, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm saying, right. they, they weren't necessarily marquee. Now, there were a couple of examples I know of, of basketball teams being mm-hmm. thrown into the fray, but we're talking about sports that are not necessarily on the map so to speak the non the non revenue generating sports right and and to see that those coaches i am quite sure who are looking at the revenue generating sport 
seeing, wait a minute here, why mm-hmm. can't I get a piece of the pie? There, there should be alarms going off all over the country at the collegiate level right now because of the fact that you do have some coaches who are not necessarily earning what other coaches are in that same office building, and you need to make sure that they don't get tempted in the same way these individuals did. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're spot on with that and that uh, there's going to need to be um, some reflection uh, at all levels about what to do about this. And and because um, you can't control, you know, control what you control, what you can control. And you may not be able to deal with the, the aunts and the uncles all the time, but you can actually take care of your people enough yeah. so that they don't have to deal with the temptation of being involved in some of those. things, and, and that's exactly what it comes down to. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll bring Mitch into the fold too. Let's get some predictions on what we think will be championship Saturday at the state high school level in Madison. We'll get to it all next. You're listening to the Wendy's varsity blitz high school basketball coaches show presented by your local pick and save stores right here on one Oh five, seven FM, the fan. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. want to thank Wendy's, of course, our local pick-and-save stores, MilwaukeeShirts.com, ideal logos for their sponsorship of the high school show. And, guys, we're in the midst of the state tournament today. It's championship Saturday here out in the state uh, level. Division Five: Sheboygan, Lutheran, and Columbus Catholic already underway. We are not going to do so it's like vegas the window has closed already let's go to division four coach new glaris oshkosh lords new glaris mitch i'll take lords i'll take new glaris as well we'll go to division three it's martin luther against wapon anybody Gee, going against know. big time on this one yeah i didn't think so nah. <laughs> i didn't yeah. think so no. but we're looking at a revenge factor though yeah. as far as wapon goes Wapond because is good that's the only loss that uh, Martin Luther has, right? Right. That's what we were saying off the air is that Mike didn't bring it up, but Martin Luther's the only team to beat, to beat Wapon this year, so we've got ourselves a rematch coming up at 2.30. To me, this is the game of the day. Nicolay against Milwaukee, Washington at the Division Two level. Man, um, I, th- I think I'm going to go with uh, – <clears throat> Nicolay, yeah. probably, you know, but Washington's been here now two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And so they've got some experience and they've got great players and they've got some depth. Um, boy, but I just think, uh, I think Nicolay might just have a little I got bit Nic- too much. I got Nicolay too. too, too much talent. There's a lot of talent. I'm going to go Milwaukee, Washington with my affiliation with MPS. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the home team on that one. Okay. So I'll take okay. the pure golders. And then the division one matchup is Brookfield central against Sun Prairie. Coach? I'm going to go with Brookfield Central, although Sun Prairie, kudos to that coach because they lost some great players in Nicolet and they are still in the state final. Uh, they both, both these teams have a lot to prove, uh, but I like what I saw in Brookfield Central yesterday. I was going to take Sun Prairie, but then you realize that they just played an overtime game just last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go Brook Central. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Brook, Cent- Brook Central to me, you know how every once in a while you get a team in a tournament that's just on one of those those rides that it, whatever whatever can go right will go right, and it's magical, and it's all yep. of the things that you want to describe. That to me right now is where Brook Central is at. I think so. All right, 
Music in the background. It's time for us to get up out of here. I want to thank big time Mike McGivern for allowing me the opportunity to sit in and co-host today with my friend here, David Cooks. We thank Tim Chase from Beaver Dam, Dave Donarski from Lacrosse Aquinas, Ross Blunt from CSA Prep Star, and Randy Casey, the head coach at MATC, for taking some time out of their weekend to join us. I may be back again next week, David. We might have to do this all over again. It's always fun. Better water, better bumper music, better. <laughs> well, okay, we'll leave it at that. Mitch, thank you as well. I'm Don Wachillis. I'm back tomorrow at noon for the College Basketball Show Selection Sunday. It'll be a good one. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.